You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit uses Mark 13 verses 1 to 2 to remind us that nothing is ever permanent except for God and His love, which lasts forever. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see all of you here today. My name is Joe. I'm one of your leaders here. We're Every Nation Canberra. We exist to honor God and make disciples. Why don't you just say hello to the person seated beside you? Cuddle up in front. Uh, we have a lot of empty seats. And just say hi if it's your first time here. Welcome to Every Nation Canberra. Now, last Thursday, we were talking about uh, the concept or the idea of not pushing through with the service today. As you very well know, last Thursday, it was announced that uh, there's a high risk for fire because of the heat and the smoke that is predicted to be enveloping Canberra today. Um, a lot of people were telling me not to push through with the service for safety reasons. And I conceded to that in a way. I said, uh, I think we have to make that decision on Saturday. I felt in my heart that I was responsible for making that decision, at least for this church. And I don't want to see myself walking on a Saturday morning on a beautiful day like this and not having church, simply because we were too afraid of the smoke and the haze. And I was reminded when I was going over uh, our churches in China. The churches in China are persecuted. The Christians there are persecuted. And there was a crackdown in the churches and Christians declared, we will not forfeit our faith. Another church in China said, the pastor said, we are scared, but we have Jesus. That's China's war against Christianity. I don't want to be walking this morning and telling God we postponed the service because we were afraid of the smoke. I really felt burdened by that, but a lot of people were telling me not to push through with the service. And I'm glad that you're here today. A lot of people are not simply because they made the decision to do so. And those who did not come today, we encourage them to, if they're afraid of the smoke or the, the threat of fire, to just stay with their family and do worship and praise in their own homes. Right? Our topic today is simply entitled, Consumed. This is what everybody is talking about. The New South Wales Rural Fire Service, as of yesterday, indicated that there are more than 150 bushfires and grass fires burning in the southeastern coast of Australia, primarily in New South Wales. The closest threat of fire that we have in Canberra is the one at North Black Range in Pelerang, that is in Quinbian, and the status is under control. This is what we see in the news every day. More than five million acres of land has been burned across Australia's six states. The total land mass that is being burned or that has burned is bigger than Belgium and Haiti combined. The land that is burning in Australia is bigger than Belgium. Can you imagine that? Homes are burning while their residents are watching helplessly. 
Entire towns have been set ablaze. Many describe the event as apocalyptic. The sky turning pitch black in the middle of the day and then turning fiery red because of the fire. Our verse today is from Mark chapter 13, verses 1 to 2. If you have your Bibles with you, it doesn't mention anything about fire. But somehow it reveals to us a reality that we will all have to face. Here Jesus was telling his disciples about the destruction of the temple and the signs of the end times. This is a view of modern-day Jerusalem and what is left of the temple of Jerusalem. This is how you view it from the Mount of Olives, or the Mount Olives. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, or Mount Olives, and was conversing with his disciples. In verse 1, it says, As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Jesus replied, do you see all these great buildings? Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Jesus was talking about the destruction of the temple and the sign of the end times. But this verse resonated to me because of something else. The temple at Jerusalem was a magnificent structure. It rose to about 150 feet high. It's laden with gold, with silver, and a lot of precious jewels. Jesus is reminding us of something. This is the picturesque Malakuta, known for its serenity. It's a seaside town perched in Victoria's remote far eastern coast, surrounded by UNESCO-listed wilderness. It's a magnificent place, a favorite destination for tourists. But in recent days, the images projected from the world inside Malakuta has reflected or have reflected anything but magnificent. This is not taken with any filter. The skies turn blood red from the fires that ravaged the state. The temple in Jerusalem was magnificent. It was awe-inspiring. It was a sight to behold. Jesus even said, see these great buildings. He acknowledged the magnificence of the temple. But then he said, every stone will be thrown down. You know why this verse resonated to me? Because Jesus was saying that even the most magnificent and beautiful things will not last. This is part of a video where a woman rescued a koala, a burning koala. What would have been a majestic sight has been reduced to burning ashes and a koala that is homeless. The picture is a reminder that everything 
that we have worked for in this world, our earthly treasures will not last. Your expensive house, your modern home could be engulfed by flames in minutes. Your properties can be left in rubble in a matter of hours. Even your expensive and nice cars will turn into a pile of burnt metal in a matter of minutes. Even if you have money in the bank, you cannot use your FPOS. You cannot even withdraw if there is no internet. This fire, this all-consuming fire, has threatened towns and even entire cities, helpless. Fire. Most of us, by first choice, would associate fire with destruction. We associate fire with fear. Many of us in this room are afraid of fire, right? This is a primal fear. And this fear is based on the reality that fire can actually destroy. It burns and it kills. When the news came out last Thursday about preparing an emergency evacuation kit, I had my entire paraphernalia prepared, minus the clothes. I was more concerned of being able to breathe in heavy smoke and guide my family to safety rather than having another pair of jeans to, you know, change clothes. Many of us, I'm, I'm sure, packed some things, right? And I hope not out of fear, but because we just wanted to be prepared in the event that Canberra or Canberrans will be asked to evacuate in such a short notice. This was taken at Costco yesterday, people lining up to get their packs of water. This was Carlene buying uh, P2 and N95 masks at Bunnings, which ran out in a matter of minutes. Why all the effort? Have you asked yourself? We've gone through lengths getting all of these things and preparing our stuff. Why? Because we want to be prepared when the worst comes. Deep within ourselves is a basic fear of uncertainty. Most of us would not associate fire with God. But someone said, it may be surprising to many Christians that the word fire and its attributes of light and heat speak more of the Creator and His goodness rather than of a destructive force against His enemies. It's interesting that fire, if you have read your Bibles, plays such a significant role in a lot of Bible stories. We read of Moses encountering God in a bush, a burning bush, which was not consumed by fire. The Israelites, when they walked away from Egypt, there was a pillar of fire that provided light and guided them at night. Remember the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. God answered with fire. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, it's even said that God is a consuming fire. There are more than a hundred bushfires 
grass fires burning in New South Wales in the southeastern part of Australia. Thousands have lost their homes. Millions of properties and businesses have gone up in smoke. Many have died. We have our friends here from Melbourne who just experienced that, the home that they stayed in, in got burned down. And it was a shocking and terrible experience for them. Many have died because of these fires, and our hearts and our prayers go out to these people who have been devastated by this disaster. This is a display of God's power and His all-consuming fire. And I challenge you all today, we just cannot sit here and watch. Why? Because in each and every one of us, there is a raging fire burning in our hearts that is even more destructive than that. There's a fire that raged in our hearts last year that we need to examine and present to the Lord. Maybe the fire of fear burned inside your heart. Probably the reason why people have gone to the extent of traveling distances just to get stuff is simply because they were afraid of what will happen if, what will happen if there is smoke, what will happen if there is fire. Maybe you're afraid of what tomorrow will bring. You're afraid that you might not be able to have enough money to pay for your mortgage or pay for your bills. Maybe you're afraid of how the bushfires are going to get worse, even to the point that you fail to remember that God is, as we prayed and as we worshiped, will and always will be in control. Maybe you're burning with jealousy because you have compared your life with other people. And you have become frustrated because your joy has become dependent on what they have that you do not. Maybe you're wondering, how can they go on holidays? Well, I can't. I'm stuck with work. How can they have better cars than I drive, the car that I drive? We keep on comparing ourselves with others. There's jealousy in our hearts. Maybe the fire that's burning in your heart is revenge. Think of someone who has done you wrong. I want to ask you right now, what would you do if you see that person right now? Would you talk to that person? Or would you walk away and shy away from that person? It was that person who has done you wrong. What would you do? A lot of us have buyers of revenge and vengeance in our hearts. We nurture that rather than forgiving them. Maybe your heart is engulfed with flames of anger and frustration. You're frustrated with your spouse. People are irritable lately for some reason. We're just anxious about so many things. And we bring it to our marriages. We bring it to our families. Maybe you're frustrated with your career. You're angry at someone, probably with a parent or a sibling or a child. Maybe you're angry at life. Maybe the fire that's burning in your heart is pride. 
Many of us think so highly of ourselves that we do not recognize and never admit that we really need God in our lives. Or maybe there's a fire of discouragement that's burning in your heart. Maybe you feel you do not deserve to be happy. Maybe you feel like everything around you is falling apart. That you will not get that job. Or maybe your marriage is not going to work. That it's getting worse and worse by the day. That there is no hope because you are not worthy. These emotions affect the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, and the way we see God. The burning question that we have to answer today is this. Where is the life you live taking you? It's time to make a stock take, a year-end inventory of how we have lived our lives. Assess your life. The way you live 2019, where do you think is that taking you? Let's face it. We give our time, we give our money to the things that we really worship. Think about that. What we become passionate about really consumes us. It's what comes out of our mouth. It's what swallows up huge chunks of our time. It's like a fire that consumes our very existence. Our passion becomes our life, whether it's your hobby, your job, your work, your religion, sports, your possession, the material thing that you have, or even people. And this passion, this fire that we are so passionately burning for, will one day meet another consuming fire the all-consuming fire of God. Another question that we have to answer, is your time here on earth consumed by that which has eternal worth? Try to assess the things that you have been busy with this year. Do they really have eternal value? Have the things that you do, you've done glorified God? Or was it always self-serving? Something for yourself? As we close 2019 and as God ushered 2020, my question is this. What were you passionate about? Were you really passionate about Jesus? Did He really consume your life? Or was your life consumed by something or someone else? If you were to face God today, what would God say about the life that you lived? You don't have to tell me that. Just be honest with yourself. If you were to come face to face with God, what would He say? about the life that you lived. Think about it. God will ask you, have you ever talked to me? How much time have you really spent praying to God? Your screen time is more than your prayer time. 
your phones actually record the amount of time you spend on your screen in terms of a percentage. How much of that is spent on praying and communicating with God? It's easy to get distracted with a Facebook icon or an Instagram icon. You see your Bible app? You do not open it. I'll open it later. And by the time you want to open it, you have to leave for work and do other stuff. How was your Bible reading? Did you ever open your Bible this year or last year? Did you ever sit down and have some quiet time with God in a park, under a tree, inside your room, in a quiet place? How many times have you done that? Compared to how many times you've gone to watch a movie or went to a restaurant to have dinner? How was your fellowship? Most of the times that we spent this year are times we spent for ourselves. How many of you have actually gone out and spent time with people? How many of you have actually gone out and shared the word of God to other people? Were your schedules about your needs and only your needs? Or did you find time to reach out to others? How many times have you skipped going to church because you were busy, because you were tired? The people in China cannot even do this openly because they are being persecuted. We can come to a gathering like this freely without anyone hindering us. It is our own selfish desires that hinder us from coming to fellowship with fellow believers and worshiping God. The question that I want to challenge each and every one of you today is what consumed your life? Who and what consumed you? My prayer is that we will not live our lives as if there is an endless supply of tomorrow. There isn't. Don't live your life as if like you're going to live forever in your earthly bodies. We should not set aside God's calling and purpose for our lives for another time. One day, you will all have to present the all-consuming fire of God, the fire that consumed our lives. Did you burn for Jesus or did you burn for something or someone else? You know, it's funny how many of us took the extra effort as in we hop from one grocery to another to get our supplies buy water and buy food the aisles in the groceries where the water is are empty go to the tuna section they're empty we don't have bread today because people bought all of them we normally have tons and heaps every Saturday 
We've traveled and done so many things just to prepare ourselves from the imminent threat of fire. But the fire that we need to prepare for is the fire that will reveal the motives and intentions of our hearts. This is the fire that the Bible is talking about. This is the real deal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, it says that we cannot build any foundation other than the one that has already been laid, and that is the foundation of Jesus Christ. It says each one's work will become manifest, for the day you will disclose that work that you've done, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work that you and I have done in this world there is only one foundation with which we have to build our lives and that foundation cannot be shaken that foundation cannot be shaken by any earthquake or burned out by any fire or flooded with any sort of water that unshakable, unsinkable, unconsumed foundation is Jesus Christ. The stuff that you have put in your emergency bag, I also have one, that's important. But that is for the fire. What is more important is the stuff that you put in your heart that will be tested by the fire. Because it is what you put in your heart that Jesus will look at. It is what you put in your heart that the fire will test and that the fire will reveal. And that is what truly matters to Jesus. So as we end the service, if you say you're a Christian, how is your faith Reflected in the life that you live. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. That your word is alive and powerful. It cuts through bone and marrow, divides soul and spirit. It reveals the intentions and the purpose of our hearts. Lord, we pray that your divine mercy will be upon all those who have been devastated with the burning fires. And we come to you today, Father, asking for your forgiveness. For even before these fires have started, we have allowed the fires of our emotions rage and burn in our hearts, the fire of fear, fire of jealousy, the fire of unforgiveness, the fire of discouragement. Lord, we come to you and acknowledge that you are sovereign over all areas of our lives. We thank you for your faithfulness, Father, that there is restoration and rebirth after the fire. Lord, 
I pray that you will bless all the families in this room and all the other families represented by the people who are here. Thank you for reminding us that everything that we see around us is temporary. We have to live our lives in a way that glorifies you. Help us to do that, Father God. Help us to love more. Help us to understand more. Help us to live more for others and for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.